0: Tell me who hath believed, hath believed, our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord.
1: Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I'd like to begin our program by telling a great story of a man that the head of this ministry, Doyle Davidson, heard minister several times in Redwood Church of Sarcoxy, Missouri, when he was a young teenager. Elliot Hodge was born in Bluefield, West Virginia, December 1885. He was left an orphan boy at hardly the age of 17, and he left home soon after. He was a drifter. He felt like he had no friends in the world, and he wandered from place to place and heard no kind words. He worked in a lot of different places. He worked in the coal mines. He worked at the Busby Brothers One Ring Circus. He worked for Otis LaRue's Snake Show. He sold tamales on the streets of Paris, Texas. He went to jail for stealing a ride on a freight train. He was a gambler. He was a hard drinker. He joined the Army and became a prize fighter. He married, but he lost his first child at seven months. He said he had a longing in his soul for something, but he couldn't find it, and he couldn't fill it. One night, his wife asked him to attend a tabernacle meeting with some people known as the Firebrands. A woman preacher by the name of Nellie Johnson started preaching that night, and Elliot felt like she was telling everyone his life story. At the altar call, one of his drinking buddies went up front. When Elliot saw him go up there, he thought, Well, of all the crazy people in this world, there goes old Martin, joining that crazy outfit. And he went on and thought, You know, if old Martin gets it, and it makes a man out of him, that old woman knows what she's talking about. Well, she did. And Martin began to preach. And about eight or nine months later, Elliot went to hear him speak. Martin came back to Elliot Hodge at the meeting, and said he was going to pray for him, and he believed that God was going to save him. Eliot said that he thought he was too mean, but to go ahead and pray if he thought it would do any good. Well, it did, and Eliot Hodge received the Lord that night, and as he put it, the glory of the Lord went into every part of his soul, and he found the peace that he had been looking for. Eventually, Eliot Hodge became a preacher also, but that Is not the end of the story. On the sixth day of November in 1926, while hunting for squirrels, standing with a shotgun on a big rock near a little stream, the butt of the gun rested on a rock. The gun slipped from his hand, and the hammer hit the rock. The gun went off, and the shot hit him about the elbow, tearing about nine inches of bone. It took hours to get him to Mount Carmel Hospital in Pittsburgh, Kansas. He lost so much blood, and while they were operating, they had to amputate his right arm. But it didn't help. Infection had set into his shoulders, and the doctor gave up all hope. Elliot was ready. He said a great peace stole over his soul, which is for only those who know God and the free pardon of their sins. Visitors came and went, but they were all told that he would not live till morning. Two friends, Brother White and Brother Timmins, stayed with him. At about one o'clock, Brother White spoke to Brother Timmons and said, Tim, I believe Elliot's going. Tim then asked Elliot how he was feeling, and he said that he was very weak. Elliot Hodge then described what happened next. He said, My head was to the south, and now as I looked around, things in the room began to move. The west wall just moved out of sight as though it had been blotted out of existence. Brother Timmons was standing on my left. I said, Tim, are you there? He answered. He said, yes, what do you want? I told him to take hold of my hand, and at that moment, I saw the east wall of the room move away, as did the west wall. Then Brother White was standing at the foot of his bed. The wall behind him moved out of sight, just like the other did. And Brother White fell on his knees and started to pray. As Elliot continued, the ceiling above me just checked up in pieces and disappeared, and I looked into open space to what seemed to me like millions of miles. As I looked, I felt myself going up at a lightning light speed, and all at once, I came to a beautiful gate about 30 feet wide. I stood in the space before the gate about 20 feet away. I beheld the most beautiful sight. Human tongue cannot describe the place, neither can any artist picture the great splendor of it. There, I was really looking into heaven, and this far exceeded anything I had ever imagined. He said, I felt myself going backwards at about the same rate of speed that I went, and I heard some people talking. I began to look around to see where I was, and I saw a nurse standing by me, and at that moment, I found I was in the hospital again. Someone said I was dead for six minutes without pulse or breath. The nurse had pronounced him dead, but as Elliot said, God had kept his promise to be the resurrection and the life, and he was alive again. The nurse called the doctor, and he heard her say, your patient will not live until you get here. The doctor came in and said with that kind of infection, he would take another spell in about an hour, and that he couldn't possibly live through another one. Sure enough... About an hour later, Elliot Hodge took the same flight as before and stood before the same gate, only this time the gate was open to meet him and he went further in. But after a space of time, he was back in the hospital and looked up into the doctor's face and shouted the victory and said, Doctor, I didn't go that time, did I? The doctor replied, Hodge, you certainly have a lot of nerve. But Elliot replied, Doctor, don't call it nerve, call it grace. The doctor said to his friend, Mr. Timmons don't hold any hopes because we know he can't live. In just about an hour, he will go again and he will never come back. Never before, to my knowledge or in history, has anyone that has had this kind of infection live over the second spell. It is just his iron nerve that is holding him now. Sure enough, in about an hour later, Elliot Hodge died again traveled to the same gate of heaven again, and as twice before, came back into his body and opened his eyes. He was alive again. Elliot's friends arranged 15 friends to come to the hospital to pray, with a lot of screaming and shouting. They had never heard praying like that before. The hospital authorities were so frightened that they thought it would kill him, and when the nurse came in, she looked scared to death, but Elliot Hodge began to get better. On Friday, November 18th, Elliot received a blood transfusion from a dear friend, a brother Davidson, Dole's uncle or grandfather. They had him on one table and Elliot on the other, and as they were transferring the blood from him to Elliot, Elliot laughed and said, Brother Davidson, this makes us blood relation. He spent 35 days in the hospital, died and went to heaven three times, and was resurrected all three times. He almost died seven other times. But as Eliot put it, The Lord whom I serve spared me so that I could preach God's eternal truth. Just a few days before Christmas, Elliot went home to a lot of great friends and saints waiting for him. His first revival services after the accident were in Independence, Kansas. And as he finished there, he wondered just how he was going to be able to pay for that hospital stay for his own bank had gone under and he lost what little money he had had. But while he was considering his financial problems, Sister E.H. Johnson of Independence brought him two letters. One was the receipt for the hospital bill, paid in full, and the other one was for the doctor bill, paid in full. It looked too good to be true to Elliot Hodge. And while he was thanking God for the great things he had done for him and the way he had supplied his knees and helped him in his time of trouble, he received a receipt for the last bill, the nurse's bill, paid in full. Elliot Hodge spent the rest of his life preaching the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and telling folks everywhere what great things God had done for him. of life boys beautiful I remember clearly attending the church camp in Sebring Ohio as a young teen the leader of the teen group was an older woman as part of our class time one day we were asked to write questions on a piece of paper anonymously and put them in a box she would pull them out read them and then ask for our input we were young teens and not much interested in the word of God but who we were going to sit next to and what was for dinner But a piece of paper was picked and read. I could tell it was the leader's writing. The question was, what is Grace? Up until that time, I always thought that Grace was the name of the woman who lived with Gertrude across the street from my grandfather. I remember that we were not much interested in that question, and I don't remember any discussion. But I never forgot that instance, and it was always a question in my heart until God answered it with the revelation of the gospel the death burial and resurrection of jesus as i have stated before the definition for the words that you need to know in the bible can be found in the bible if you let god lead you jesus tells us ask and it shall be given to you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for every one that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and him that knocketh it shall be opened so what is the definition Of grace. Well let's start in Exodus 33. I'm going to begin in verse 16. This is Moses speaking to Jehovah and he says, For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? Did you hear that? Where shall it be known that I, Moses, and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? And he goes on and he says, So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. So what do we see about grace here? It's that the Lord goes with us. So one of the meanings of grace is that God Is with us let's turn to Ruth 2 verse 10 and this is Ruth then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him and that was Boaz why have I found grace in thy eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me seeing I am a stranger she said why have I found grace in thine eyes seeing that I am a stranger so what do we see that grace is here it is undeserved favor. Now let's go to John one seventeen, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Do you see the division here? For the law was given by Moses, but there's your division. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Moses brought the law. Jesus brought grace. So what can we see here about grace? Grace is not the law. It is not the Ten Commandments. Now let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's read that again. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Notice here, grace is a gift. It is free. Grace is free. And it goes on to say, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we see here that grace, it is not by works. You cannot be good enough or do enough good things to receive grace. It is free. How do you receive it? You receive it by faith, by trusting in, by relying on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So now let's see, what do we got so far? We have that grace. It is not the Ten Commandments, and you cannot work for it. It is free. It is God with us. It is God with you. It is undeserved favor. Now, where does it come from, and how do we get it? Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In verse 24, being justified, having all your sins wiped out, just as if you've never committed one, being justified freely. It's a free gift by His grace, and we know that grace Is undeserved favor. It's God with us. It's not the Ten Commandments. You can't work for it. So, by His undeserved favor, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, where does it come from? It comes through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What is that redemption? That Jesus died for us on the cross, that He bore all our sins that he bore our sicknesses and diseases, that he bore our poverty, that he bore our weakness, that he died on the cross for us, that he was buried, that his soul went to hell for us, that he received the wrath of God in hell for us, and that God saw the travail of his soul and then raised Jesus from the dead and raised us up with them. That is the grace of God. That is His free, undeserved favor for us. You know, I remember a particular work of grace. When I was with someone and their leg retracted with a horrible cramp, the pain became severe enough that they could no longer pray. They couldn't move. As I was praying for them hard in tongues, God brought to my attention something that Smith Wigglesworth had said, that he found that the hardest things were just lifting places into the grace of God, God with us. So as I prayed, believing that the grace, the undeserved favor of God, that God was with me, was there for that deliverance, I broke through and the pain subsided. And that person could again extend their leg and they were healed. That was grace, working, undeserved favor, something not worked for, not the Ten Commandments, free. That was grace working through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful?
0: I give grace to the humble when they call. Give leanness to the prideful soul, living to them all. As the days are passing, will the prideful look to me? Like a humble spirit, be set free. I give grace to the humble when they call. I give leanness to the prideful soul. Living to them all As the days are passing Will the prideful look to me Like a humble spirit be set free Can't you see your life is not your own Come release your burdens At the foot of my throne with me in the spirit in the cool of the day when this life is over child I'll take you away I give grace to the humble when they call I give leanness to the prideful soul living to them all as the days are passing The pride will look to me Like a humble spirit Be set free Turn from all your busyness And strife You thought I was in labor But I want your life Give that precious something That you hold within your hand Search your heart now Tell me don't you understand I give grace To the humble When they call I give Leanness to the Prideful soul Living to them all. As the days Are passing Will the prideful look to me Like a humble spirit set free, can't you see your life is not your own, don't release your burdens at the foot of my throne, walk with me in the spirit, in the cool of the day, when this life is over child, I'll take you away. I give grace to the humble when they call. I give leanness to the prideful soul, living to them all. As the days are passing, will the prideful look to me? Like a humble spirit, be set free. I give grace to the humble when they call. I give a lameness to the prideful soul, living to them all. As the days are passing, will the prideful look to me? Like a humble spirit, be set free.
1: Perfect Song, Grace to the Humble by the Brown Brothers. And we'll finish with Oh, How I Love Jesus with Terry and the Browns with Paul Peters. for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E at com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at com and on Facebook and Twitter.